Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, is it normal to feel stressed during a pandemic? <laughs> we talked to therapist Lucy Ramalauer about the mental health crisis parents face. Plus, Biz finally gets outside. Woo! No one gives a shit but my toddler, but <laughs> she just pooped on the toilet, and we're potty training, and it's great, and so much easier to clean up when it's not mushed in a diaper, and <sighs> I'm just doing a good job, and so are you. Thanks. Bye. You are doing a good job. I always like when somebody, I like it when people clarify what they're talking about. I like that you clarified uh, my toddler pooped on the toilet, and we are potty training. Like, it, <laughs> like, I mean, it would still be thrilling if you weren't potty training, and magically your child just, like, wandered over and was like, I'm going to need a minute. Uh, I need a magazine. Like, <laughs> I'll be in here with my phone. Uh, so I think that is amazing. And you are right. No one cares. We care. I mean, like, you can't go to the store and be like, can I have a quick high five? My kid did this on their own. Because everyone would be like, gross. Or, what? Or, ew, women. Like, <laughs> it could be a variety of responses. I think you're doing an amazing job. And I'm really glad that that is going well for you. Thank you for checking in with that. Speaking of doing a good job, it's time. Seven months. You know what's coming. Boop, 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 boop. Thank you, thank you, essential workers. <laughs> it is time for all the thank yous. I'm going to keep them kind of short this week because I think I have spent a lot of time expressing all the different ways people are essential in helping us get through this really weird time. Again, whether you are in the medical profession, and that really, really includes the people who keep those places clean and running and paperwork and I mean just all of it to everybody at the grocery stores to the farmers getting it at, I mean like it it really is unbelievable and I really appreciate it but we are getting close to an election and I just want to shout out that voters are incredibly essential I don't know how I can express that more uh, voting is essential it is it is our one of our essential rights as an American, <laughs> and it is really essential this year that everybody's voice is heard. So I want to thank you if you have registered. I want to thank you if you are finding a way to vote early, if you have made your voting plan. Thank you. Thank you. I have filled out my ballots. And I'm walking it down to my box today. There's a box in a park. <laughs> I'm going to go cram my justice into a box. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you to all the people who volunteer as poll workers and to the Postal Service. Thank you for helping make this happen. You deserve all the funds. And all of you are doing a good job because this is all still happening. Nothing's actually changed. We are still here. There are still kids in our house. <laughs> there are still sometimes partners in our house. That's a lot. Uh, sometimes there are pets in the house. I don't know about you guys, but I haven't gotten any new space in my house. In fact, it feels like the space is closing in. <laughs> it's getting smaller and smaller. But we had a cooling break in Pasadena, the Los Angeles area, and it was not 100 million degrees, and the air was suddenly breathable again. And I got outside. I just, yesterday, I went outside, and I just forgot how nice being outside was. And, like, just sitting in the cool air and not, like, catching on, like, fire. And the kids went outside, and then they just started playing outside, like... 
with water and shovels like together and like digging a hole and ruining stuff. And I was like, go for it. And I just was like, oh, God, outside is such a gift. (laughs) It's such a gift. It's such and it reminded me of when Katie Bell was a baby and she wasn't always happy. And I definitely didn't know what I was doing. And I was inside with a baby all day. And that just wasn't that. Not all of us are naturally inclined (laughs) to feeling great being at home with a baby all day. But I used to put her in the stroller and we would, and it, it felt like, like a weird realization, like, oh, I can put her in the stroller and we can go to the park. Like that felt, because your brain goes crazy and you don't, you just think, no, I have to sit here forever. And we would go out and it was such a change of pace. It was so stress relieving. I still have to remind myself to do that. Uh, so anyway, I'm just checking in to say, I went outside. It was really nice. <laughs> it was really nice, guys. I'm really thankful for outside. It has helped with my anxiety and stress, which I think will tie in nicely to what we are going to talk about today with our guest therapist, Lucy Remelauer, about the mental health crisis parents are currently facing. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we are talking to Lucy Rimmelauer. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist in practice in Los Angeles. Lucy's writing has appeared in the New York Times, Huffington Post, Caveller, and Sex Education. She consults for film and television on a wide range of subjects, including mental health, parenting, and portrayals of LGBT youth. Welcome, Lucy. Thank you, Biz. So happy to be here with you today in this fine, crazy world we're living in. I am so excited to have you here. And I want to get in very soon to one of your recent articles in the New York Times. But before we do that, I would like to ask you, who lives in your house? Well, I live with my lovely husband, who is full of creativity and pandemic ingenuity, And we have a four-year-old child who is currently into geography and Les Miserables. Great combination. That's a good one. And I have three pandemic chickens because that is the pandemic weird that we went with in my household. I got to say congratulations on that particular pandemic weird. Thank you. Uh, Chickens. That's amazing. They're awesome. I did it. Did it start like right away when it was like, I need to plant a victory garden and raise chickens for sustenance? Or was it more like, oh, my God, it's been five months. Uh, we're in. Uh, let's get chickens like because I've lost my mind. I, I mean, the losing of my mind in victory garden happened so quickly. It was like oh, a month happens. in like and I was like, yeah. let's get real weird real fast. Let's just get into some chickens right now. What are we going to wait this out I for? Where are all my homesteading books? Totally. Let's be preppers. <laughs> let's get into prepping. Let's do this thing. I want eggs. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I never liked birds. I am now a totally like weird bird person. It's just, you know. Big changes over like here. All birds or just no. like chicken? Just chicken birds. Just chickens. Just chicken birds. Yeah. But chickens, they're a delight. They're like, they're interesting creatures. They're very, yeah. like, I mean, someone should, uh, hopefully, someone is writing the ultimate pandemic chicken book because there's a lot to learn about ourselves through our chickens. <laughs> I now only want to know who else has gotten pandemic weird. <laughs> animals in their house this is like my new this is all i want to know this is the only data i'm mining right now guys um how are you guys doing you know i mean besides the chickens besides the chickens we are what i like to say a lot of folks are saying is pandemic good you know we are oh that's nice we are grateful to have food on our table we are grateful to be able to continue working we um We are so lucky in that capacity. And I will tell you that I, you know, a lot of people have to, 
bullshit their way through Zooms on work for work all day. And I am lucky because I get to be in it with people who are really feeling what's going on right now and get to be honest and candid about how hard this is. Yeah. I like calling it pandemic good. We've been saying a lot recently that like fine is the new, everything's falling apart. And like if you ask, hey, how's it going? And they're like, fine. That means they're like one step away from like losing their mind and maybe getting five chickens and not three chickens, right? Like, I like like pandemic good, but I, you know what? I think that actually is going to segue us nicely into talking about mental health and parenting because sort of two two things to lead into this. Uh, one, before the pandemic, I would say that the stress and mental health issues that parents were facing remained fairly invisible mm-hmm. just simply because, well, you go home and you're in your house yeah. and no one really wants to hear about kids out in the world. And, you know, you don't have to find a place for them really. I mean, no one we as a nation don't care about what's happening with your kids while you're at work because they're in school or daycare or with a grandparent, right? Like, and you come home or maybe you're home all day and it's very isolating. And uh, if you say that there is something wrong, it can make people think you are talking about a really far end of the spectrum, like that you are in danger and your family's in danger. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, you know, postpartum uh, psychosis, I think is what it's called, as opposed to just postpartum. And so like, we were already all kind of lurking about there. (laughs) And then the pandemic hit, and like, all resources were gone. Like, it's all gone. Bye bye. It's like not there. And now we're isolated for real. And I know that for me, I had spent the last like seven years since my second child was born really working in therapy to figure out boundaries and ways to work in self-care and just being a self. And, you know, we kind of are like self-care, whatever, right? Like, but it's such a general term. And then all of that work went away. Or as my therapist says, the work is still there. <laughs> you just can't it's access it. It's not available. It. Right. It's just not available to you. So you were recently interviewed in an article in the New York Times regarding how the pandemic is causing a mental health crisis for parents. Yes. Ta-da! Ta-da! Um, I was so, first of all, thrilled that the New York Times was giving coverage to this because as you mentioned, Biz, like one of the things historically is major separation between, you know, parenting sphere and work sphere and never the twain shall meet and that we are somehow always holding the other just at bay. And I think what's happened, especially for working parents during the pandemic is that's become impossible. There is no separation and the stress of all of those literally knocking down your door at any moment is so overwhelming that I don't think we have any option but to be transparent in this moment. And The biggest stressors that I'm certainly seeing with the populations I'm working with are twofold. One, isolation. You know, as as you said beautifully, our resources have been stripped away. You know, the break that we got of sending our kids to school so that we could go to our own jobs, you know, God forbid, take care of ourselves for a minute, do all this stuff to keep our ships running has really been watered down. And the isolation of doing that without our friends, without our communities is really intense and really overwhelming and a big invitation for both depression and anxiety. And the other part of that is the uncertainty. Yeah. You know, like, when is this thing going to be over? Like the, the, the iterative promises starting back in June where we were like, well, I mean, all right, it doesn't look like school's going <laughs> to open up before the end of the school year, but like summer camp's going to be so awesome, you guys. And then it wasn't. <laughs> And then it was like, well, September, can't wait. September is going to be awesome. And then it was January. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, we're hoping summer 2021. What? Yeah. 
and the uncertainty of how to, you know, every decision feels so fraught. And I think parents are really, really weighed down by the pressure to make decisions when there's no parenting guidebook for, you know, next to your bed when you were pregnant was not parenting the pandemic. Didn't exist. Right. They leave out a lot of important stuff in those (laughs) books. But the the decision thing I think is interesting because it's not just that there's no guidance. I'm not sure that there are any decisions that are like like I haven't seen anybody say, well, I've made this decision and it was super easy and I'm not thinking twice about it. Right. Like because I think Again, another sort of stigma related to parenting is uh, judging, right? So like every decision a parent makes already feels like you should apologize before you say it. Like, uh, I'm not going to leave my child alone crying at night, right? Right, 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 But but, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, I will if I have to, right? Right. Like, or uh, yeah, like there's already a sense of self-judgment and the sense that others are judging. I This can't be helping that. No, it's exacerbating that. And part of that is, as you said, like none of us makes a decision right now. And then it's like, oh, we're absolved of the uncertainty of it. You know, it's like the uncertainty continues on. I, for example, made the decision to send my child back to preschool. Let me tell you, that was an invitation for judgment from yep. a lot of folks. And, you know, everyone is navigating this differently and deciding what's best for their families. And even making that decision doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm done worrying about it. You know, welcome to no, parenting. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't change again. Right. Like, right. and that's what that thing goes back to the uncertainty factor. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I've made a decision. I've come to peace with it. <laughs> I'm either telling people or not, whatever right. it is. And then three days later, everything gets shut down or some other new thing comes up that you have to then reevaluate. I have to imagine that sense of having to constantly be reevaluating in the unknown is exhausting. It's exhausting. And it's honestly what we try to move people away from. You know, I'm a big oh, fan yeah, of mindfulness and it's like, hey, all that <laughs> rumination about decisions, you're mulling it over again and again in your brain. Let's like just work on being present and noticing the thoughts. And it's like, no, no, no. I actually have to ruminate because I actually have new information. I actually yeah. have to make a new decision. Again, I know I just made one last week. <laughs> and what's different about this that I feel like to your point about the stakes being, you know, so intense right now is all right, last year when I was like, I don't know, it wasn't organic. Is this going to be a problem? Now I'm like, oh my God, is he going to get COVID from this? It's so scary that all of these decisions do deserve some healthy respect and thought. But finding that balance of letting yourself off the hook from making decisions when there actually aren't any to be made in this moment, that's what we're sort of after here. But I feel like that's a hard place to get to because all the baggage we brought into this pandemic, it didn't go away Like with the pandemic. Like it's all still there with us. And then when you add the isolation, it's like baggage, isolation, judgment, uh, uncertainty, stew, just like a big, nasty stew. And we're going to take away all the tools that you would have used to cope with it. So yeah, there's no... you. No spoons for this stew. We're no going sense. like medieval, uh, just sloshing it around, trying not to make a mess, eating with your hands. By the way, my youngest just eats with his hands and I don't care because he'll never see people again. It's right. It's the right uh, thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's like, whatever. All right. What else are you seeing in your work that, because I feel like lots of times parents and especially women will tend to not realize that what they're experiencing may not be normal or may actually require attention and care, right? Like a lot of times it's like, like another problem with being so isolated as we are Mm -hmm. is that we don't have the reflective surfaces that help us figure out that, you know, even if you're not a person who's like on a bunch of text chains or whatever, all right, you bump into someone at drop off who's like, Hey, you're looking don't look like yourself this week. Everything okay? Or, 
you know, hey, like yeah. those or or whatever the regular frequent contacts with the world are shut down. So it's harder to notice. And I will yeah. tell you the question that is stunning me week in, week out. I shouldn't be so stunned by it at this point, but I am is people going, am I the only one who feels this way? Yeah, but that's like, that's been since we started doing this show and we are certainly not the first to have discovered this either. But like that question of, you know, I must be the only one. Everybody else is able to handle this, whatever this is in that particular situation, you know, yeah. And I feel like there's something about kids, I think, isolate you, boom, in your house, no matter what. However kid got in your house, there's (laughs) going to be a sense of isolation with them there. You can't just go wherever you want, anytime you want. And then there's location. Like I have had my kids in while living in very populated cities but then i go and listen to somebody as opposed to only thinking about things from my perspective which would be a lot easier thank you very much (laughs) and you realize some people like are physically isolated based on where they live and the communities that they're in and then you really feel like maybe i'm the only one And if the images you're getting from Facebook and TV are telling you something else, yeah, that's also a gross stew. I mean, and and unfortunately, we are all so reliant on social media right now. And look, social media is offering us something right now that we need that like, I I mean, I wasn't around in the 1918 plague, but like, as things stand now, it's nice (laughs) to be able to get the news so readily and but it's a double-edged sword. I go on Instagram and it's like, yeah, lots of my friends are sharing their views and please go vote and go do this and go do that. And then it's also, wait, why are all these people on vacation? Are these people not living in the world that I'm living in? (laughs) I don't understand. What is this How did you get a COVID bunker at the beach? What is that? (laughs) And and it becomes for folks a real sense of isolation. They get on there to feel connection and instead they feel like here I am sitting alone and I'm the only one still taking this seriously and keeping my kids buttoned up. And the yeah. other thing that's adding to isolation is the political climate is so painful right now. It's... And I've the geographical distance for a lot of families is nothing compared to the political distance where, okay, you know, usually I'd love to call my mom and dad up and chat with them about what I'm feeling, the state of the world. And that's not... That's not a call that's going to bring me comfort or connection. So there's just all these ways that we are splintered. And that leaves parents really vulnerable who have to then turn around and show up and be the strong, supportive, non-anxious presence for their kids. Yeah, I've discovered this horrible discovery that my kids totally like what my mood is, like where I am, very unfairly (laughs) affects them yeah like if i am having a grumpy day they're i I shouldn't be surprised when they have grumpy reactions back even if i'm not vocalizing it like it's just the energy that's a real bummer and i don't like it uh (laughs) a list of things i'm not enjoying okay then what like what you just said is and this is where i get to be wildly wildly unpopular um (laughs) But I think there's... It's okay, because I almost closed my computer on my therapist last week. I said, I don't like that information. They deserved it. They deserved it. Close that computer. You tell... Therapists are not people we plug in at night. Just remember that. Just remember that. giving me insight. We don't know. We don't don't know. (laughs) But you being in a bummer of a mood is actually a really useful tool for your kids, too. I know, I know, I'm the worst. Oh, she's a therapist. She's so annoying. That's going to make me have to learn something more. Go ahead. But being able to say to your kid, and I I don't remember even what it was about. It was like hardly the biggest thing that he'd been (laughs) bugging me about. But like, I like let my kid have it the other day. I was like, what? I need a minute. And then I said to him, you know, I'm really, I'm really sorry. I was really cranky this morning. And like, I'm, you know. I'm cranky, you're cranky. And the value of making it okay right now to, to, you know, look, we want to give our kids a sense of safety. 
with all the uncertainty. And I think all of us have gotten pretty good at this in the last six months of being able to say, I don't know what's going out there, going on out there, yeah. but I'm here. We're keeping it together here. I'm going to keep you safe. I'm going to keep up on what I need to do to keep your world moving and our life together and our family together. But there's still room to be like, I'm having a bad day. This is weird. This is not the world we set out for. You know, I can't wait till things open up more and we're going to keep figuring out how to be creative in that together. And one of the things that's really hard, speaking of being in a bad mood, is like, what, when do you get your break as a parent? See, see that's where I want to go next and why I'm like, stop telling me that positive sort of spin on this because, <laughs> because under the best of normal circumstances, I think you can either be full or you can be empty, however you want to describe it. People, some people want their bucket empty. I am, my bucket is too full and I tip, right? Like, right. I see, I go to therapy. Love it. But it's the, usually you have some sort of space to make room so that you can be there a little better in those situations. But what, I think I hear and see and experience, is, and I know what you're about to talk to us about, is this sense of there's really nothing left. And every time you think there's nothing left, there's even less of that. Right. So, and and you can't slap a self-care on that, right? You can't be like, just go give yourself some self-care because that's not a... That's really not an option, I feel like, for a lot of a lot of us. Yeah. You know, if you've got, if the kids in your house, they need stuff, man. All the time. They need a lot of stuff. Oh, so, so tell me. So tell me. The, the number one thing that I put out, and again, like, this isn't a fun thing. I'm not going to say fun things. <laughs> like, the, I know, the chickens was as fun as it gets. For, it's all the downhill from there. The chickens were as fun. It's as fun as it gets. Mm. But the, the one thing that I, I really put to people is take one minute, and everybody has one minute. Everybody has one minute. And check, no, check, check. <laughs> right, well, that, believe me, I get I the don't. pushback. I, I get the pushback. Special. Yeah. <laughs> But finding that one minute to check in on yourself and say, like I'm saying, we don't have our usual reflective surfaces. We don't have that person, that coworker at the water cooler who's going to say to us, you know, your shirt's on backwards. You all right? You know, <laughs> we don't have that. So finding the moment to say, how am I today? You know what? I'm not, I'm not feeling great today. And yeah. using that as an invitation to scrape the resin of your own time and say, <laughs> I need to, I, you know what I need to do? I need to blow off this paperwork I was about to do. I need to call a friend or I need to just text with a friend for a few minutes and feel human connection. Or I need to do, I need to do a, I have a client who told me she does 90 second planks. I was like, dang, that's impressive. And that she's is I impressive. I know. But it makes her feel like for 90 seconds, she's paying attention to her own experience and taking care of herself. Huh. So go pop on a YouTube video. They have every second. Just go, if you have five minute yoga video, and I got a lot of flack yeah. from that. People are like, really, the world is on fire and you're telling us to go do yoga? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I world's am. world's going to be on fire either way, world's guys. going to be fire. We got to make it to the other side. We got to make it to the other side and we got to keep our kids going. And finding that five minutes where you pay attention to yourself, you pay attention to your own breath, you connect with someone God forbid you have a nice conversation. If you're lucky to have a partner you're in with, stop and check yep. in on your partner. Tell your partner how you are. This does not have to be a long two-hour candle at dinner. It's not going to be that. It's not going to be that right now. But finding yeah. what is realistic for you today, right now, not you a year ago, not like whatever, you know, there's that idea, like yeah. if you go back to January 1st when you're like, oh my God, I'm going to get in great shape this year. and I'm going to be an amazing parent and I'm going to like get a promotion at work, like push <laughs> all of that stuff aside. What for you right now is going to help you feel taken care of? That's what I have to sell. I think it would be helpful to hear what maybe you've experienced people wish you would say so that we can kind of come to grips with that not being the answer. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think what people, you know, and, and people 
are thankfully not asking me this necessarily. They want to know this. When is this going to be over? When am I going to get my old life back? And I don't think, I don't know. It's Mm. This is going to change, but we are not going to be unchanged. And that's the part that I think the sooner we are like on board for that and accepting that, I think the better off we will be. Yeah, I think there's a theme appearing here of forgiveness uh, or grace. Uh, That's a nice word. To offer that to yourself and others. And I don't want to confuse that with excuses, right? But like, I want, you're right, we're not the same uh, as we once were. Mm -hmm. And what felt really important then, like if I don't add, have this email out or add these 15 things or whatever it is, I should instead relook at that as what's necessary, (laughs) what's really important for my energy and not feel the guilt or the self-judgment when it comes to that. Because I think social media, you know, that can really mess it all up when you're looking for connection at the same time a revolution is happening. Right. 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 And, and it's, you need both to, to be active in that you need the, to let other things go. So I guess, how do we handle (laughs) fix guilt for me? Can you fix anxiety, guilt, and self judgment? That would be great. All over it. All over it. Um, (laughs) I the like there's this idea and I'm I'm you know just borrowing shamelessly from Zen Buddhism these are not my ideas these are very 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 old ideas but the idea the distinction between pain and suffering right when you stub your toe and you're like oh that hurt ow my toe it hurts it hurts it hurts it hurts it hurts pain versus I stub my toe why I'm such an idiot I always leave my chair out and then I step over it I bet you biz never Mm. leaves her chair out I bet her place is really neat and organized look at her Instagram photos everything looks so gorgeous I'm a mess I'm the worst I'm terrible no I have no business being a parent what's wrong with me that's suffering that's a story Mm. that we're creating around our own pain that a not necessarily grounded in reality at all and certainly Correct. not necessary to just honor, ow, oh, my toe hurts. My toe hurts. I'm going to get some ice. I'm going to take care of myself. I am going to be much more likely to get back to the things that mean something to me if I stick with the pain rather than letting myself into the suffering. And letting yourself off the hook for guilt, letting yourself say, you know, things are not going as I planned, but I still feel (laughs) largely connected to what I care about, which Mm -hmm. maybe that's like social justice, taking care of my kids. Like, you know what? He ate 50 jelly beans and a bowl of goldfish today. Fine. We'll do, you know, tomorrow we'll find the apples and the carrots and great. You know, like it, that stuff, like, giving yourself permission to just let go the expectations you held of yourself a year ago. That is really a gift to give yourself right now. And, and I mean this in a way that's, I'm going to say this carefully because I don't want this to become another backdoor way to guilt, but checking in with your, <laughs> which it will mom guilt is great, oh, sure. especially oh, I can guarantee guilt, right? you. Aha, yep. I see where I can use that against myself. <laughs> Fantastic. Let me get my notebook. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but to be able to say like, what are my values here? Like the pandemic has turned us all upside down. What's important to me? You know, it's important to me to take care of my kids, my family. It's important to me to stay connected to the world and keep fighting for things I care about. Boom, that's enough, kids. It's a pandemic. Right, and if that's, a, that's only two things. I should have like 30, at least 15 more things. Right, write like, the great American novel. <laughs> like, I don't know, get six pack ads. But I have like, all this free time. Right. I'm home. I should be able to like repaint the whole house. Totally, totally. <laughs> I, I just, it's like, yeah, one, you forget though, two of your burners are burning for the pandemic right now. So like, even yeah, for there are point. people who do have more time right now, great. But like the psychic energy, and I feel like such a hippie saying that, but like the psychic energy that's going to the world being on fire and what's happening in our country politically, environmentally, et cetera, like that is low key taking up so much of our energy. We have to shift expectations for ourselves. Well, thank you. I found all of that. Are you all better now, right? I'm all better. I feel all better. I feel... (laughs) 
I feel all better. All better. All better better now. Uh, No, I don't actually feel all better, but I don't feel alone. And I don't feel like I'm the only one going crazy, which... You know, I'm I'm lucky that I know that that's not the case because we have a hotline and people leave us calls. So I know. <laughs> woo! Woo! There's a, so much that we are not alone in, guys. No, not alone. Um, I appreciate you coming on to talk to us because, again, I think the really big takeaway is, yeah, no, things aren't okay. And, and if you don't feel okay, that's probably okay. And I will throw in another side, just because this is backdoor guilt too, if I may, which is if you happen to find yourself in a moment where you feel okay, where you feel good for a second. What? I know. Radical. Okay. All right. Lay it on me. Enjoy it. (laughs) Uh, Like the, I watch, I literally watch clients going, I felt okay this week. There must be something terrible about to happen. Or I feel, I feel good this week. Like I should feel bad about feeling good. It's like, just take that minute. Enjoy it. I promise you the other shoe will come around. You're right about that. (laughs) But let that be on its own time. Enjoy the moment like that. If you have a moment where your kid is happy for a second and you just feel like for one second, okay, enjoy it. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Here is to enjoying more. Enjoying more. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I I needed to hear that. I'm so glad. (laughs) Thanks for having me. It was really nice to be with you. I appreciate all that you guys do on the show. It's wonderful. has been challenging (laughs) for students to transition from being in a classroom for seven hours a day to learning from home. Varsity Tutors delivers free live enrichment classes taught by experts that make learning fun. Varsity Tutors has hundreds of free online classes to enrich your child's educational experience. Katie Bell wants to learn Japanese, guys, and I am not even remotely qualified to teach her that. And so she has been taking Japanese classes, and she loves it. Whether it's a class taught by an astronaut, musician, or wildlife expert, there are fascinating subjects for everyone. They offer one-on-one tutoring, self-study tools, learning pods, and homeschooling resources. Varsity Tutors has a 4.9 out of 5 satisfaction rating. To reserve your spot in a free class, go to varsitytutors.com slash badmother. That's varsitytutors.com slash badmother. Give your child the confidence and keys to success today at varsitytutors.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. (gasps) Teresa, genius me. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. Recently, I did a, I made a photo order to one of those companies that like makes cute things out of your photos for Gracie and her best friend who... They don't go to the same school anymore. And obviously because of COVID, we don't really get to see each other very much anymore. But this friend has really like stood by her for, for years now through like many hard times and is just a really special friend. So I was willing to drop money on this and made like a very cute photo accordion book, one for each of them of like pictures of them from the past few years. It's just like six or seven pictures for each each kid and it turned out really great and the girls really loved them and Frankie my three-year-old immediately wanted one 
for him and huh. his favorite friend at school, who we'll call Mary. Um, <laughs> and he was so serious about it in this way that was like really sweet. And he's like, we don't really know their family. Like we're not, we're not really like, you know, third kid preschool, like COVID. I don't like see that. I don't see the kids. I don't know their names. I don't know. I don't know the families. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. they're in school. Maybe they're not. But Who like, knows? yeah. But truly, like, <laughs> truly, this has been a friend of his since he started at this preschool. You know, more than a year ago, and like that's a real friendship. And he wanted, and he wanted an accordion book for himself and and Mary. And I was like, at first I was like, well, we can, yeah. And then I was like, I have no, I don't even have a picture of this kid. I don't, let alone yeah. like many pictures of this kid <laughs> with my kid for, to make a book, you know? Sure. Um, and plus I just like didn't want to spend the money, but he really like stuck to it. And I like wasn't willing to say no about it. So yeah. I was just kind of like, yeah. oh, I don't know. We'll see, blah, blah, blah. And so he just came to the, to the point where he just, took it upon himself to ask Jesse to draw a picture of his friend to make this book. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, yeah, like we can totally do this. And so Jesse like was totally game for it and like sketched <laughs> this kid who he barely knows, but did like a nice caring job with it. And then I acted like it was a hundred percent as good as the one that I ordered from this fancy company. And I drew a picture of Frankie on the back. I didn't even use a real photo. I just drew a picture of him on the back and we folded it up like an accordion, the way the accordion book is from the website. And I wrote their names on the front, just like we had for Gracie and her friend. And bam, now he has one and he is 100% satisfied. Well, you're doing an amazing job. Thanks, Biz. Our garbage disposal just started having water pour out of the bottom of it. Came with the house. <laughs> it's a old, crappy, disgusting, stinky garbage disposal. And so you know what I did. I replaced it myself. I went, I got a new garbage disposal. And by went, I mean I went online. I ordered the right one, did a little research, which is really the genius. It wasn't like the sink issue where the faucet issue where I got the wrong faucet altogether and now <laughs> I never returned it. And now it just sits like far away and not being used, just serving as a reminder. Uh, but <laughs> got it and did it. And I, 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 You're amazing. I I did plumbing and electrical work, guys. It was yeah. one of those things where I was like, I really think I could do this. And, and I you did could. This. Yeah. I could. And again, my children see me doing it. Yeah. And uh, I love it. You know, I love these kind of problem of solving things. Of and uh, yes. So my genius is I put in a Bigger, better, quieter, uh, not disgusting garbage disposal. It can apparently grind up chicken bones. <laughs> you are, you're truly inspiring and amazing. Thank you. Hi, this is Teresa, long-time listener, first-time donor, and I'm calling with a genius. Oh, woo! Uh, my son is almost one year old, and my biggest challenge is getting food in his face. He still eats like a tiny baby and has no initiative to eat by himself. So I am cooking in the kitchen, cleaning out the fridge, find like a cupcake in there, so I stick it in front of him go back to doing my thing, turn around, it's in his hand, in his face, and into his tummy. So uh, I think that's pretty genius. You know, say what you like about the actual nutritional content, but, you know, feeding himself for the first time with a little bit of help, <laughs> I call that a genius. All right. Bye, guys. Love your show. First off, thank you for being a new time donor. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but 
really the most important thing here is this major success in the self-feeding arena. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, cupcake. I'm actually just more interested in the random cupcake in your fridge. That is interesting. (laughs) I find that interesting as well. I also, I feel like this is, this is cake parenting. This is like baby's first cake parenting. You know, mama's like, first cake parenting. Mama's first as well. cake parenting. Yeah. Mama's first. Yeah. Great. You were right, Teresa. Yeah. Way to identify cake parenting. Yeah. Yes. Cake solution for all things. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Can't baby not going to sleep? Get it. Cake. <laughs> baby won't feed himself? Give him cake. Yep. Baby won't finish her homework? Give her cake. Baby married wrong, give her cake. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing an amazing job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. So I've talked before on the show about how I'm not like the biggest Halloween person. Never said I was anti-Halloween. Never. It's just like not Mm. my, like more of a Christmas person. Right? Right. You don't like the spooky things. I don't like the spooky things. But that's kind of changed now because Mm. actually you have helped me get more enjoyment out of spooky things, Biz. And Gracie, my nine-year-old, loves spooky things. And so (laughs) between the two of you, I've kind of like, it's, (laughs) it's kind of like coming along. I'm growing in my enjoyment of the spooky things. And right now, really... We have nothing going for us but Halloween. Looking forward to Halloween is like all we have in our family. Like we're just holding on by a thread and the thread is Halloween is in three weeks or whatever. (laughs) Um, So I've been actually like collecting here and there some decorations and like planning to do more decorations this year and like more festivities because again, we don't have anything in our lives except Halloween. So that's been really fun. But my fail is like, I forget that I don't live in a family where people can just let things be decorated and then enjoy Uh that. Like the decorations have to get destroyed or just taken down over and over again (laughs) for no reason at all. I can't like, why? Why should I? Okay, it's on the floor. Should I put it back up? Did you not want it up? Did you... I got these like little cheap little foam headstones that say like silly things like boo and like what I... I can't remember what they say. Yeah, whatever. Halloween stuff. Halloween stuff. (laughs) And we have... We've like been spending more time in the backyard and I had set them up painstakingly to look like a graveyard, which I think is like amazing. And I was so proud of myself. And I was like... I'm really showing up for this. Like a graveyard? Come on. Like that's not basic. That's like- Old old Teresa would never have done that. Old Teresa would never have done that. Exactly. I mean, this is a big deal. It is a big deal. And so I was really proud of it. I have set up that graveyard now like four different times. (laughs) And again, no rhyme or reason to it. Somebody has to shoot it with the rubber bow and arrow. Somebody has to just kick it over. Somebody has to- like, I don't know. I, I don't even know. But but and it's a, it's not a surprise. This is why it's a fail. Because no. it's like, yes. <laughs> yes, of course they would, because it's like fun or they it, they want to kick it or they're whatever. They don't they're not like looking for it to look cool and nice right now. And it's like right. way too early for that anyway. It's not like we're having the party today. I'm mean, not that we're having a party, but like, you know. <laughs> Oh, like, they were a party. Well, yeah, I mean, like, the five of us will, you know, and the dogs. Yeah. It'll be great. There's five of you. It's a party. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, the I finally gave in, like, earlier this week and just, like, picked up the, picked up the headstones and, like, stacked them on the side of the house, like, in a pile. Because I was like, I can't continue to just look at this crap laying yep. all over the place. And just like making me feel sad and like there's more cleanup for me to do. I am really sorry about this fail. I know. I mean, mainly because I get it. I mean, I get why it's the fail, right? I I totally understand the emotional 
the sense of failure in this. But on a personal note, that super sucks. And I'm really sorry because I'm just so pleased that you set up a spooky graveyard. You could take those tombstones and write like, super passive aggressive things on it like here lies mama right here lies my self-care <laughs> just like a total parent graveyard my identity rest in peace yeah uh, pre-covid and hopes and dreams <laughs> routine well, i'm really sorry yeah that's okay thanks yeah yeah no that's okay i put in a garbage disposal and it worked everybody the failure is not that it worked the mm-hmm. failure is that it was a three hardware store trip to mm-hmm. finish it off mm-hmm. because it was a i bet the tool i have at home will cut to resize the pipe that i need to no okay uh i'll just run up and get the shaped pipes that i know i need got them they are not the right size by like, I mean, a millimeter, right? But that apparently is really important That's when so you're trying annoying. to contain water and waste. Yeah. Then I have to go back. I mean, the third time I went with like pictures and actually talked to somebody. Uh, so I am learning and that is good. But I was like a broken shell of a person by the time I was done installing oh, yeah. the garbage disposal. And I was done with trips to the hardware store. And then, you know, I polished it off with watching the debate. I mean, it was oh. like a whole yeah. day of stuff. Yeah. That kind <laughs> of takes the the joy out of that it achievement. It took the joy a yeah. little. But like, yeah. eh. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. Come to peace with never getting it right. Hey, One Dot Mother. I'm calling with a fail. I am currently sitting in a parking lot in Wisconsin, which is unusual because I live in Chicago. <laughs> and the idea was that my three-and-a-half-year-old was really cranky, so, so we thought, hey, let's take her on a driving nap and just hop on the highway and see how far we go until it takes for her to calm down and go to sleep. But obviously that didn't work. <laughs> And everything's just so overwhelming because we don't live near family and we've just been parenting a three and a half year old through a pandemic all by ourselves and we thought we could just get her to rest for a couple hours because she really needed it. And it turns out we ended up going on an interstate car nap that did not achieve its primary goal of a nap. So um anyways, at the very least, you know, we pulled into a gas station. I'm making my husband go on a beer run to get cheese curds and spotted cow. Shout out spotted cow beer. <laughs> and um, I guess we're just going to drive the 70 miles back to Chicago now um, with a fully awake three-and-a-half-year-old who's been listening to me leave this message. <laughs> okay. Bye. You're doing a great job. I love you. Yeah. I'm. I'm real sorry about that one. That's a. I've been there. It, that's a scary place to be because when you resort to the car nap, if you're yep. if you have a kid who I know Ellis was not a car napper, but if you didn't resort, mean I didn't drive for hours, didn't mean I didn't go out and try to still make him do. a kid. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like if you have a kid who naps in the car pretty reliably, and you are resorting to the car nap, you just don't even really take into account the possibility that the car that the kid won't actually fall asleep but then sometimes that happens and then what then what do you just keep do you just keep driving yeah like forever yeah like till till the the highway around and going home is so (laughs) weird at that point (laughs) and like did we go anywhere yeah (laughs) yeah way to take advantage of being in wisconsin and getting the cheese curds That was a good use of your six hour (laughs) drive. Wow, you're doing you're doing a very bad very bad job. (laughs) You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. 
One Bad Mother is supported in part by Sweaty Betty. Leggings used to be for the gym, but especially <laughs> now, they're just for every day. Um, so <laughs> it's time to step up your legging game with Sweaty Betty. Guys, these leggings are really high quality. They're quick drying, they have pockets, they are performance apparel, essentially. They are really comfortable and they look great, no matter whether you're exercising or just doing stuff in your day. Can I, can I say how much I like the pockets? It's not like there's one pocket. There are a few pockets. Yeah. And also, uh, they are high-waisted and that is very comfortable for my pandemic lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Now through November 1st, get 20% off your entire purchase when you visit sweatybetty.com slash mother and enter mother at checkout. Spelled S-W-E-A-T-Y-B-E-T-T-Y dot com slash mother and enter mother at checkout. Video games. Video games. Video games games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases, to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work, to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Shire. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! Hello there, ghouls and gals. It is I, April Wolf. I'm here to take you through the twisty, scary, heart-pounding world of genre cinema on the exhilarating program known as Switchblade Sisters. The concept is simple. I invite a female filmmaker on each week and we discuss their favorite genre film. Listen in closely to hear past guests like The Babadook Director, Jennifer Kent, Winter's Bone Director, Deborah Granick, and so many others every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Tune in if you dare. <laughs> it's actually a very thought-provoking show that deeply explores the craft and philosophy behind the filmmaking process while also examining film through the lens of the female gaze. So, like, you should listen. Switchblade Sisters. We're back, and I always love getting a chance to chat with Teresa, uh, almost as much as I love listening to a mom have a breakdown. Woo! This is a rant. That woo was a little misleading, <laughs> but I'm putting my almost three-year-old to bed, and for the last year, every time we put him to bed... It takes over an hour to get him to stay in his bed. And it is just the most frustrating thing because we have tried everything. And I don't know what to do. So I'm hoping that three is going to be a miracle year and he's just going to begin sleeping in his bed on his own all through the night because that would be just wonderful. Uh, even though I don't feel like it, I think we I'm doing a great job and so is everybody else. Thank you. Bye. You are doing a really, really good job. I just feel like it's so underrated the sleep stuff. I yeah. I mean, I don't mean just the like babies waking up like all the time. I mean the it, I had all the books. We've had the experts on. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I didn't spend an hour. It yeah. doesn't mean that Teresa didn't sit on the floor for like years in a room. You yeah. still do. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I'm going to let you say something even more about this, right? Like, No, I know. I think, yeah, I'm right there with you. There are so many things. People always say like when you have kids, oh, you don't have to sleep anymore. But there's like so many parts to that. It's not just yeah. like less sleep overall, which it is also. Um, but there's just so many aspects to this and so many different ways that a child can need extra support to get a good night's sleep. And it's truly exhausting. And especially when it comes at the end of the day, 
because yeah, we don't have anything left at that time of day. We're ready to relax and we don't, we sometimes we just feel like we don't get to. And especially when, you know, when your kid just doesn't even want to be in their bed, that's, I, I just, I've, I've really been there. I really just, I really see you and I, you're not alone and you will get through it, but it's so hard. Yeah. It's impossible. And I'm, I'm really sorry. You are doing a good job. Yeah, you are. Teresa, you're also doing a very good job. You really are doing a great job. Thank I you, Liz. love those fucking tombstones. I think that Thank is you. such a good job. Thank you, and Liz. Yes, I think maybe you could have fun just hiding them in the house now to freak your children out, right? It's just like they wake up and there's a tombstone at the foot of their bed. Or You're at the doomed. Head of their bed. At the head of their bed. That's right. See? I'm here for you. Okay. You're doing a really good job. Biz, thank you. So are you. Thank you. And All I right. can't wait to see you next week. Yep. See you next week. Bye. Well, guys, I sense a theme in this week's show. And that theme is you are not alone in any of it. And I really want to emphasize that. Maybe your kid just like took a poop in a public place. And you think, I am the only person whose kid has ever done this. And I'll say, nope, I watched a kid go behind a tree several years ago and just take a a poop. And I get calls about that. So you're not alone. Uh, Did you drive somewhere and not buckle the kid in the seat? Yeah, oh, that's a big guilt one. That's one that makes us all feel like we're the worst people on the planet. Uh, It's happening all the time, guys. And guess what? Everybody was okay, and you'll probably be even better at remembering next time. But I think what that speaks to is this idea that we're supposed to be, like, that we're supposed to have this space, this mental space all the time, that, you know, how could you forget to buckle your child? Well, look, you were probably putting the kid in, maybe you have more kids, and like those kids are like beating the crap out of each other or taking a poop behind a tree. Who knows, right? You're on the way to the grocery store. Do you have the keys? Oh my God, I don't have my keys again. God damn, do I have my mask? I don't know. Where are the masks, right? Like, and they're all talking at you at the same time that there's not a lot of space but we're told that that's all supposed to be very natural to us to to have that space and then when we fuck up or we feel bad or we feel like uh we are the worst or whatever that we're the only ones and we really really aren't I really appreciated talking to our guest. You know, I it's the same way I feel after leaving all of my therapy sessions where I don't always leave knowing what steps I'm supposed to take, like what's coming out of my sessions, <laughs> what's coming out of all this great insight. But I think there's value in hearing it every every week every day, every month, just this message that you deserve space, no matter how small that space is, you do deserve it. And it will help the other things that are around you. You are all doing an incredible job. Again, Maybe you got kids that you've been able to get back into school. Good fucking job. That doesn't mean suddenly your life is the easiest life on the planet, okay? That it that didn't make everything better. You have your kids at home, like, like I do. That's a lot of noise. Even though they're occupied, I don't have anywhere to go from the noise. That's still something that's impactful. And it also doesn't mean that you aren't having really great days. So just know that I see you. You are very visible. You're not alone. You're doing a good job. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.
got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, fussing by, not low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, fussing by, not low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.